Discover how you can live a glorious and supernatural life through the teachings of Reverend Dr. Kwaja Bwatenbempa. Reverend Dr. Kwaja Bwatenbempa is the senior pastor and visioneer of Holy Hill Chapel, Assemblies of God. An anointed, energetic, and practical teacher, this servant of God will inspire you with practical teachings of the Word of God that will inspire, refresh, energize, and bring healing to your body, soul, and spirit. Now to today's message. Hallelujah. Once again, we want to welcome everyone to this powerful Pastors and Leaders Conference. And we want to use this opportunity to appreciate God's servant, our Father, who has put this meeting together to be a blessing to us. Let's show some appreciation to God's servant. Put your hands together for the Lord. A few minutes from now, our Father will be mounting this podium to bring us God's word. But before that, we want to do two things quickly. First, I'm going to introduce some books to us. And then after that, we'll share two powerful testimonies. And the choir will come and minister. And then God's word will come to us. Celebrate the Lord once again with a clap. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.12 that we should not be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit their promises. There are men who have gone ahead of us, who have lived the life of faith based on God's word, and they have seen results. And the good news is that what they have learned in their work with God have been written in books. So it means you can also read and build your faith because the scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There are several ways by which you can invest God's word into your life. That is by reading. And so shortly, I will introduce to you powerful books which you can find from our bookshop. First, uh, in my hand are books written by our own father, Reverend Dr. Kojobuatin Bempa. This is a book on engaging the law of seed time and harvest. Engaging the law of seed time and harvest, how to enjoy a life of abundance and overflow. If you have a struggle in the area of finance, this is the book you need. Like our father told us on Wednesday, that if you have a challenge in any area of your life, it means what you need is God's word concerning that area. You need to build your faith in that area so that you can overcome that situation. Serving your way to the top. Every pastor needs this book to teach the flock, to teach the members how they can serve God, the right way to serve God, to be blessed, so that the ministry can grow. And 12 potholes to avoid on the covenant highway to riches. 12 potholes to avoid, things you must avoid whilst you are on your way to riches. It is a book you must get. It's also on prosperity. You need to get that. In fact, this book is the latest that our father has written. And thankfully, the books are not expensive. This is just 25 CDs. 25 CDs. You don't need to go out there and spend that money on meat pie when you can use it to build your faith. Clap your hands for the Lord. And then God of Miracles. This book was launched just last year. It contains things that we need to engage to experience God's supernatural power in our lives. And it also has testimonies 
testimonies, amazing things, people that were declared barren by, by doctors, but by following scripture, they saw the hand of God in their lives. They have that testimony. And then this is also living the faith life. The Bible says that just shall live by faith. It means that faith must be the life we live and must be learned. How? This book will teach you how you can live the faith life. And then a soul winner. This is also for every pastor, every minister, every, every worker in the church. You need to know how you can engage the keys to fulfill the mandate Christ has given us. And then also, uh, since Bishop Oyedepo is our father's father, we are privileged to have his book here. Put your hands together for the Lord. So they have mounted a stand outside. When you walk out of this auditorium under the tent, they have mounted a podium there that has books written by Bishop David Oedipo. The first in my hand is Fanning Revival Fire, a manual for stirring revival in a local church. So if your fire is going down, you need to know how you can rekindle it. This book will be a blessing to you. Now, the good news they shared with me is that they have... Uh, given everybody, because of this conference and because of our father, they have reduced the price by 50%. Are you not happy? Yes, 50% discount. And he has also what I call a compendium of books, different books that he has written. He has put them in different collections, in different categories. Now, this one is all his books on the Holy Spirit put together as one. All his books on consecration. If you are struggling with holiness and living a life of purity, you need a copy of this book, A Life of Consecration. You need that one. Also on the supernatural books on vision. You get all of them outside. They are not too expensive. In fact, Bishop, all the post books already are not expensive. And so for him to give you 50% discount means that it is cocoa money for you. And by the time you leave this conference, you must make sure you get at least two, three, four, five books, depending on your strength, and your faith will be built for an ever-waning life. Put your hands together for the Lord. Now, quickly, let's invite Pastor Selom to come and share with us a testimony. Let's receive him with a round of applause. Pastor Selom, you can clap, keep clapping until he reaches here. Pastor Emmanuel should also get ready. Share your testimony with us shortly. Please stand here. Yeah. Thank you very in, much. In one minute, sir. Pastor Alex. Uh, good morning to all. I want to acknowledge our father, thank our father and daddy, our mother, for the great things they are doing in our lives and our ministry. Before I share the testimony, permit me to, share, to borrow the words of Isaac Newton. He said, if I have seen further than others, it is by standing upon the shoulders of giants. Our father is a giant in the kingdom. And by standing on his shoulders, we will do amazing things for God. Okay, uh, I started an Assemblies of God branch in the eastern region, Chebi Akwadum to Chibi. be precise. And when I was in the Bible school, we started the ministry. For things were very difficult until I was introduced to sons of the prophet and I started coming and one of the days I came and I decided to sow into 
that is life and ministry. And I want to tell all of us that there are several ways of sowing into a ministry. You can buy the books, you can put money in an envelope and sow into that is ministry. Having done that, things have changed. In fact, not, things were difficult, nothing was happening. So one of the Thursdays I came here, the Sunday we went to church, in fact, a retired minister, I wouldn't want to mention him, in Assemblies of God, came to church with the husband. The woman is a minister. The husband is also a minister. And that day, they promised giving us 10,000 Ghana cities to floor the church. Hallelujah. And the following month, I came. Then I bought one of daddy's book. I took it to mommy, and I asked mommy to autograph it for me. And she wrote in the book that, May God supply for your ministry. Hallelujah. And honestly, from that day, from that day everything now. we needed for the church growth Hallelujah. has been supplied. And last Sunday, last month, I was here and daddy taught on Titan and uh, so winning. And when I went, in fact, people just approached me and said that, where do you attend church? I would want to be part of your church. Then I sent a picture of our church building project to Pastor Alex. And I told him that the, the ground there is so hard. And he sent me a message. I want to read it for all of us to hear. He said, when God is with you, even in a desert, even a desert will turn into a green pasture. Have faith in God. In fact, you are at the right place. This is faith convention. And I want you to believe that God will turn your ministry around. There is daily supply of materials, everything that we need to build our... In fact, the building is even more becoming... more souls are being saved More souls every day. The Let's church building together. is becoming too small even for the, for, for the souls that are coming. I thank God for what God is doing. Let's put our hands together that the word of faith works wherever it is applied in obedience. Let's receive Pastor Emmanuel to share his testimony. Pastor Emmanuel from Consecration Hill Chapel. God bless you, man of God. Thank you. Um, first of all, help me to appreciate Jesus, the owner and the builder of this church. And Daddy, I thank you so much. Mommy, I thank you. Okay, last, last month, I came and I shared a testimony concerning what Daddy told me on the 27th of April, that God is going to give me a mega church, which I don't have any church. I don't do fellowship. I don't have anything. But it has come to pass. So I shared a testimony. That God has given me a space of 30 feet by 70 feet. Hallelujah. The structure is already on it. Mm -hmm. The congregation I have is my wife and our three children, making it four. So when I shared, when we closed, um, mommy called me and then she was asking me how things went. And I told her, mommy, this and this and that, but the structure, I've paid this amount of money, I'm, I'm left with 2000 to pay. Then she said they should go and bring her her checkbook. Wow. She's giving me the 2000 instant. Wow. Clap your hands for the Lord. This is divine provision. Then, Daddy also came and called me. Apostle, do you have the structure on your phone? I said, yes. I showed. He said, okay, looking at it, the building is long, but it's not tall. So there were only six ventilations. Create three more in addition. Then I remembered Daddy saying that once upon a time, he went to see... Bishop Dag, concerning this same church. Mm -hmm. And then he said, Prof, why don't you move this and move this and do that? So I remember I said, okay, I'll do what daddy has told me to do. Then 
because I agreed on Sunday morning, my wife approached me and then gave me 5,000 Ghana Hallelujah. to use it. Hallelujah. Yesterday, when I came for the meeting and we closed, I was going back home. A friend called and said, I want to support your ministry with $100. Hallelujah. As we speak, somebody has also bought us a microphone of 2,000 Ghana CD. Divine provision. So, Daddy, I thank you so much because he said, favor by association. And favor also follows God's plan. And that is what I am enjoying. I thank God for the grace upon my father's life. And I pray it works for all of us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, all these have happened as a result of a word of faith that he heard. This morning, you will also hear a word that will boost your faith to take a step to move your ministry to another level. Give Jesus a big hand. Let's welcome the choir to minister as our father comes to minister to us. Let's celebrate Jesus. Thank you. So I want to stir the atmosphere to receive God's word. And you want to pray that even this morning your word will come. And the next time we meet, you will stand on this exalted altar to share your testimony. Hallelujah. Ima Emmanuel 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 Oh Your name be praised My Lord Emmanuel Emmanuel Oh Emmanuel Emmanuel Your name Your name be praised Help me say My Lord Emmanuel
Matchless love and beauty, endless work. Nothing in this world could satisfy. Jesus, you are the cup that won round round. Who is like you, Precious love and beauty. Say 
righteousness. Righteousness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. Righteousness, righteousness is what you want for me. For me, for me, for me. So take my the Lord to grant us grace, grace to fulfill our ministry. Yes, Lord. Yes. The Bible says better is the end of a thing than the beginning. Yes, sir. Many, 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 many start well, but they don't end well. Pray for the staying power, the stamina. Thank you, Jesus. To finish what you start. Hallelujah. Pray for that power. 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 The staying power. The staying power. staying Glory, glory, glory. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you. We give you praise. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. We are praying with thanksgiving. And let every man on fire shout amen. Amen. Clap your hands and congratulate somebody on your right and on your left to this very special minister's conference. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you for coming. We welcome all the great men of God that are here. Pastor Adebayo, regional pastor for Winners Chapel. Put your hands together for our senior man of God. He was here yesterday. It was very powerful. And then indefatigable Bishop Eddie is also in the house. And we see a lot of prophets and men of God from wherever you came from. God bless you for coming. And so let's get going. And I'm speaking on the minister and godly character. This morning I was praying. I said, Lord, you know, when I come on the altar, I'm going to fire on so winning. But the Holy Ghost says, no, this is what I wanted to talk about. And so, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in the great house, 
there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. That's verse. If a man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. 22. Flee also youthful lust, but follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, why is this topic very important? This topic is very important because we are in the last days. And as we are getting into the last days, we must be mindful of one thing. What will be the result of your ministry after you have cast out devils, after you have healed the sick, after you yourself have saved many souls? How are you going to end? Many, many, many people are busy working for God, but they don't mind their character. And so, so many things are going wrong in the ministry today. And in these last days, we need to ensure we don't lose our godly character. Job chapter 27, verse 3 to 6. Job chapter 27, verse 3 to 6. All the while, my breath is in me. The Spirit of God is in my nostrils. My lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. God forbid that I should justify you. Till I die, I will not remove my integrity from me. Till I die. In other words, if you are white, be white till you die. If you are blue, be blue till you die. Sometimes you see, as men of God, we begin to oscillate and vacillate like a pendulum. Today, he is doing what is right. Tomorrow, he is doing what is wrong. When he's broke, he's holy. When he gets money, he has been corrupted. But you can't save others and be lost yourself. We are saved to save others, not to save them and get lost. Many are getting lost in the ministry. Go to social media today. You see things. You see pastors fighting. This, that, that, that. We are not talking about what somebody is saying about you. That is not right. We are talking about what they are saying that you have done. That you are also defending it. Because at the end of the day, if we do all these things and we miss heaven. And we see a man that is poised for heaven, his character is different. The way he approaches ministry is different. And those that are also focused on other things, their approach is also different. And so, we need to ask ourselves, what are we looking for? At the end of our journey, yesterday Bishop Eddie was telling us a man of God that has gone to preach, preach on Sunday. He said, the man didn't know he was going to die. Very young, two years ago we had a funeral. He's the one that preached. He preached at a young man's funeral and I think he has also died young. But that doesn't mean he has faith or not. You may not know when God is going to call you. And so your character must be right. Every day, every moment. You shouldn't have any secret life from the public one you are living. Job said, I may lose everything, but I refuse to lose my character. If character is intact, destiny is intact. And I read something from the great man of God, Billy Graham. He said, now this statement is so important. 
Billy Graham said, if you have lost money, you have lost nothing. If you have lost health, you have lost something. But if you have lost character, you have lost everything. Billy Graham, the legendary man. I read it again. If you have lost money, you have lost nothing. Because money you lose, you can get it back. Am Roberts entered my house many years ago. I was in church. They stole everything in the house. But now I even have better, better ones. More, 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 more. I don't even remember anything I lost. If you have lost health, you have lost something. But if you have lost character, you have lost everything. That's Billy Graham. Today, ministry is plagued with character bankruptcy. We have to keep our love for God and hate evil. Matthew 24, 12 and 13. Matthew 24, 12 and 13. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall was cold. So nothing kills the fire of a man of God than character bankruptcy. Satan cannot kill your fire. He will attack your character first. And when your character comes under attack and you start living anyhow, your fire is quenched. So he said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many. So when you love sin, you begin to hate righteousness. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Meaning that with iniquity, you cannot endure to the end. When your character is not in shape, you cannot endure to the end. We are in the last days of character test. Iniquity is taking center stage in our world. There is a massive character erosion and corrosion caused by chronic satanic forces from the pit of hell every minister must stand strong everyone preaching must stand strong everyone ministering on the altar must stand strong the devil is going to attack us from the pit of hell with so many things so that we may lose our reward at the end therefore what is character what is character number one it is the inherent complex attributes that determines a person's moral and ethical actions and reactions. It is the inherent complex attributes that determines a person's moral and ethical actions and reactions. Number two, what is character? It is your attitude and action in secret. Attitude and action in secret. Number three, what is character? It is who you are when no one is watching. When no one is watching. When no one is watching. A friend of mine recently had an encounter. He actually died. Went to heaven. And among the things that they asked him. He said, Bishop, I saw myself in a line. And then the angel said, You have two sins you didn't confess before coming here. He said, Number one, you have changed your date of birth in your passport. Heaven told him. You have changed your date of birth in your passport. Number two, you were born on Sunday. You were born on Wednesday, but you are answering a name that shows that you were born on Sunday. But then he told me something. He said, the angel said, many years ago, you had opportunity to travel to South Africa. Who was the girl you carried along who wasn't your wife? So when he was talking to me... <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't finish that part and somebody entered, so we cut short 
the conversation. It pains me so much. I have to call him for him to continue the message. So everything you are doing is being recorded. If they are supposed to play your life on this screen, will you sit in this room to watch it yourself? Character is who you are when no one is watching. And you have to be more concerned about that one than what you are doing on the altar. Number four, character is your behavior when you are under pressure. Many people, when they are under pressure, they will take the money that doesn't belong to them. When they are under pressure, they will lie. When they are under pressure, they will do all sorts of things. But that is character bankruptcy. And it does not befit a minister of God. What is the essence of character? Your character determines your destiny. Character determines destiny. So it is very important. Your character is like a vehicle. It's taking you somewhere. But destiny simply means destination. Where you are going. And so don't think that you can just behave anyhow. And as minister, we need to talk to ourselves. We don't need people from social media to come and correct us. Because they don't even understand the ministry. Your character determines your destiny. So if you have the wrong character and you think you are moving forward, no, you are not moving forward. You are being stagnated or you are rather moving backward. Number two, your destiny cannot be bigger than your character. Your destiny cannot be bigger than your character. Number three, the strength of your character determines the extent of your destiny. The strength of your character determines the extent of your destiny. Now, the Bible compares the believer to an eagle. We all know that scripture. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. When I used to go for watch night, this was our reading prayer. And they would stand there and they would pray like caterpillars. And then we read that scripture. But then, I began to find out what is it about this eagle. The eagle is chief among bears. They call him the flying king. It can fly 10,000 feet above sea level. It has a great vision. It can run faster than most cars. 320 kilometers per hour. The eagle. Very fast. Very strong. It can carry load three times its size. And this depicts some of us the anointing. We have a very swift anointing. We are very anointed. We can carry load. 5,000 congregations, 3,000 congregations, 1,000 congregations. We are very fast and accurate in the spirit. But the eagle achieved all these great characteristics because of a certain secret that the eagle possesses. And I give you three of them. Number one, the eagle does not feed on corruption. It does not touch smelly, stinking food. Eagles only eat fresh meat. And so, anyone that likes to mingle with corruption, smelly things, stinking things, we stand for evil, is not operating the secret of the eagle's success. Number two, the eagle has marital dignity. 
The eagle is hooked to one partner for life. If the eagle flies from South Carolina to Kanesha, it will not catch a new girlfriend. The eagle is hooked to one partner for life, no matter where they are. So if an eagle has one wife, it can fly wherever they are hooked to one partner. But today, there are many, many, many ministers, apart from their wife, they have multiple partners. Somebody shall mercy. The other day I heard some, one of them saying that all the ladies in his church are a blessing to him. So anytime he needs ministration, every one of them can minister to him. Man of God. In this world. He's saying it on television. The eagle does not mismatch or mismate. Hook to one partner. And that one too, it takes faith to do that. Number three, it reviews and renews its strength from time to time. That's why any minister who doesn't go to conferences, he cannot survive for a long time. We have come here to renew our strength. We have come here to, to unpack and to repack. We have come here. Sometimes you need to sit down. You know, yesterday I was talking to my regional pastor that, uh, will you he said, no, 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 no. I just came to receive. And I was very surprised. And that is how sometimes a man of God must do. You review your life. You renew. The more you review and you pack and unpack and you check certain areas. And it is only the word of God that can confront you to do certain things. And you need to do that. Why? The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. If we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. I just came from America, and then when I went there, I met some two people, and they were telling me how a certain pastor has been calling them. When he calls, I can get visa for you. Pay this amount. 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 There is no one truth in what he's doing. And because he's a minister, the people believe him. It's not going to end you anywhere. One day I went to England and I asked one of my spiritual sons, where is this man of God? He said, oh, Bishop, the man has now become a drunkard. He started taking wine. One thought, one thought, one cup. Now he drinks vodka like pure water. He lost the ministry. His wife left, his children left. And I think now he has died. The Bible says, catch up the little foxes. The little, little foxes that destroy the vine. Today, the minister is only concentrating on his gift. He doesn't mind his character. I've seen many gifted people who have no gift today. Or even if they have the gift, nobody wants the gift. And your gift is not for you, it's for the people. Ministry is built on trust. Once the trust is gone, your foundation is destroyed. You see, what you have not done, if they say you have done, God will protect you. But what about if you have done it and you have not confessed? God is merciful. And may the Lord have mercy upon all of us. Somebody shall amen. amen. Now, the eagle and the vulture are from the same family, but they have different destinies. Now, if you see an eagle and a vulture, you may not see the difference, except sometimes the eagle has others colors mix and you look at the talons are 
yellow. Otherwise, they are from the same family, but they have different destinies. Why? The vulture feast on corruption settles for dirty things, mostly dead animals. When you see a vulture, the vulture is eating from everywhere. Every dirty thing, the vulture is involved. Therefore, when you settle for corruption, you limit your impact. When you settle for corruption, you limit your impact. The real strength of a man of God is the strength of his character. The real strength of a man of God is the strength of his character. A friend of mine recently went to Italy to minister. And whilst he was ministering, the anointing was flowing. And the lady fell under power. And he shouted, I want to say it. I want to say it. I want to say it. And the pastor called the ushers, carry this lady away. Carry this lady away. Carry this lady away. And then, so after the service, he had opportunity to meet her. And the lady said, I'm a prostitute. I wanted to confess. But I want you to know everybody you saw in the church is also a prostitute, including the pastor. They go to do that job and they bring him offering. So my friend told me that the offering they gave him, he rejected the whole offering. He saw that the money is contaminated. All kinds of things are happening and people call it ministry. All kinds of things are happening and people call it ministry. As purity increases the value of gold, so purity increases the value of a man's ministry. Purity increases the value of a man's destiny and ministry. As impurity reduces the value of gold, so iniquity decreases the value of a man's destiny. So we need to fight for godly character. We need to fight for consecration. Many of us are busy fighting devils, casting them out, except the devil inside us. The devil outside is not a threat, but the one inside you is a mega threat. So it is very, very, very important that as we are going, and why am I preaching this message? We are in the last days. We are in the last days. These days when you are there before you hear, this man of God is gone. Great men of faith, their children are going. People are going to heaven. People are leaving. You may not have time to correct the things you do. In case you are called impromptu, how will you go to heaven? Character becomes important. Now, we saw the man Joseph became so great from a slave to a prime minister. But one thing about Joseph was that his character was intact. The character of Joseph was intact. The rigidity of Joseph's integrity lifted him from prison to the palace. You must be rigid in integrity. You must be strong. You must be rigid. One day, I was in the church. I was very broke those days. It's not today. And I'll never be broke again. And a man brought me a black rubber bag. The day Lucifer saw that I didn't have money. So I asked him, what is this? He said, oh, I used to work at Thermaport and then they have redeployed me. I want to travel to Germany. And this is all my tithe I've accumulated. When I check it, it was 16,000. Now, what I'm talking about is almost 18 years ago. 16,000 in a black rubber. Huge money. Unfortunately for me, when he dropped the rubber, 
He didn't say it is my tithe for you or tithe for the church. And the man is gone, so I'm in a dilemma. Is he tithing to the church or he is tithing to me? And I checked my pocket, very dry. The devil knows your weak moment. The devil knows when you need something. Money has come. Not all gifts are a blessing. Some of them are a trap. So I asked the Holy Ghost, what do I do with this money? He said, give it to the church. So I took all the money, whilst I had nothing in my pocket. And then I gave it to the accounting department. I later heard that one of the accountants stole some of the money. And what happened to that man, I can't tell the story today. I went home. But look at the miracle. When I sat in my car and I was going, and I go to the church door, somebody stopped me and he saw my daughter. And he said, hey, Shunama, he was saying, something. oh, whatever, whatever. Oh, take this, take this and buy toffee. He thought the money was for toffee. It was a mega chop money for that day. Mega, mega, mega chop money. Oh, my daughter became a blessing to me that day. I took the money from her hand. Little girl, what do you know about 20 cities? But you see, this 16,000 who have killed me may be in my bag right now. Not in the bank, inside my bag. What you don't have today doesn't mean you will never have it. Tell your friend, don't rush, don't rush, take your time. Take your time, take your time, take your time. Those days we used to pray, where are we going to get fuel into our car? My God. I remember one day I went to Obwasi to preach. When I was coming in the midnight, my engine, I was using a BMW, the engine broke. It took me six months to get another engine. The fact that you don't have it today, that's not mean you won't have it tomorrow. Some of you, your tomorrow will be so great. You'll be so loaded. You'll be so blessed. Charisma without character will always end in calamity. Charisma without character will always end in calamity. Daniel 1.8 Daniel purpose in his heart not to defile himself with the food of Babylon. Therefore, Daniel, a man of integrity, transcended his generation due to the strength of his character. He lasted 70 years in the palace. How strong is your character? How strong is your integrity? How strong you are in character determines how long you last in relevance. How strong you are in character determines how long you last in relevance. May you not become an ex-champion. He used to be there. He is no more there. He used to be on top. He is now below. All these things he do to character bankruptcy. Remember, the authority of the Almighty is in the consistency of his character. Why is God God? He is the same forever. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. So, his authority is in the consistency of his character. Malachi 3 says, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. I pray for every minister here. 
in the next 10 years, you will be the same in character. Amen. And we pray for the grace of God. Inconsistent character crashes destiny. When your character is inconsistent. Yesterday, I was with one of my BNI daughters. He said, uh, Papa, last Friday or Monday, we made an arrest. I said, where? He said, we went to catch a pastor in the church while he was preaching. I said, no, you shouldn't have done that. At least wait for the person to finish preaching. He said, a woman preacher. And what this woman preacher is doing is that he will announce on the radio, everybody that has gold, come, I want to sanctify the gold for you. And he's been collecting people's gold to the tunes, heavy, heavy. And they've been tracing, they've been tracing her. So that day they went to the church and one of the security agents even went and gave an offering. And so they decided that while the woman is preaching, that's the best time because when he finished preaching, he can disappear. And I said, no, 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 you should have waited. He said, no, we didn't wait. He said, even when we pick him from the altar, he told them, I have a secret meeting. I will be back. I will be back. So many things are going on in ministry today. Inconsistent character crashes destiny. So we look at some examples. Reuben. Reuben. Reuben lost his destiny due to the bankruptcy of character. First Chronicles chapter 5 verse 1 and 2. First Chronicles chapter 5 verse 1 and 2. Now, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, and the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. Wow. For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler, but the birthright was Joseph's. In other words, Reuben lost his birthright, his place in priesthood and royalty because his character was inconsistent. The next person we saw is Esau. Esau also lost his position in Israel due to character bankruptcy. We know what happened to him. He sold his birthright. Then Gehazi. Gehazi lost his portion of the anointing in exchange of generational leprosy. In exchange of generational leprosy. Then we come to Judas. As for Judas, when I come to his point, it pains me so much because he will have gotten a place in eternity. Judas lost his eternal inheritance to character deficiency. He died by committing suicide. A man who was Jesus' confidant, he kept Jesus' money box, but he lost it. He lost it. He lost it. Why? Character bankruptcy. Your future is at the mercy of your character. Your future is at the mercy of your character. When I used to be young, I used to be a teacher. 
I had a group of friends. And one of them, his name was called Osei, but I'm not going to add the other name. The guy was very anointed, very sharp. He's the first person I saw ministering the Holy Ghost was flowing. And I, I thought, no, no, I want what this guy has. And not a few days later, when I wanted to ask, where is Osei something, something? Ah, they said, the girls have finished him. Tell your friend, the girls will not finish you. Say it with all seriousness. This is not a joke. They say the girls are finishing. I say such a sharp anointing as oh. It's not every hole you must enter. Some holes are anaconda holes. You will not come out. I will not let social media talk to you. We are men of God. Let's talk to ourselves. Guard your life. The good news is that if Jesus comes in the next 70 years, you will still be on fire for God. I say you will still be on fire for God. I met a certain pastor recently. He said he's selling gold. I said, ah. Instead of going to look for souls, you are selling gold. He's in Salem right now. We are called to save souls, not to save money. Many years ago, Bishop Eddie told me, we were talking, he could tell the scripture, I've never forgotten. He said, he that loves the silver will never be satisfied with silver. And I've checked it. Those that are looking for money are not finding it. Those who are not looking for it, they are the ones who are finding it. Those that are not looking for money are not finding it. Those who are not looking for it are the ones who are finding it. Now, right as I'm standing here, Inside my purse is an envelope somebody gave me almost a year ago that the next time I see Papa Oedipo, I should give to him. So it's inside the purse. And I will keep it until I see him in maybe January. I've had two opportunities and I'll touch the money. So I hide this. Anytime I open my purse, I've written his name. He's sitting in Nigeria. Money is looking for him everywhere. You are looking at money. Money is reversing from you. Some of the men, we even struggle to find them to give them the money we want to give them. When I was going to look for Bishop Dark to drop my honor, I came to tell Bishop what happened. You see? But I prophesy over your life, a day is coming. A day is coming. What you are looking for, will look for you. Yeah. I didn't hear amen from the man of God. Yeah. I said a day is coming and it's coming soon and very soon. Soon and very soon. If you will concentrate on your calling and concentrate on show winning and concentrate what men are dying for will be given to you on a silver platter. I tell you. Leave the money and look for the souls. Leave the bag and carry the Bible. Leave the bag and cut me all the offerings they take in this. I don't even know what, what is happening. The only time I talk about money, what are we going to do? We have let's buy a chair, let's this, 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 this. I don't know, I don't count money, I don't know what they are doing. Concentrate on souls. Let those who are chasing after other things chase. The things will reverse from them 
and God will locate you and give you everything that those people are looking for. Those who are looking for the lost never get lost. Those who are looking for the lost. Let's go around looking for souls. Leave the money alone. Leave the popularity alone. Let's go around looking for souls. Your future is at the mercy of your character. Let's look at the main components of a minister's character. What are the main components? Number one, moral purity. You must be morally pure. You must be a man who has kissed only one mouth after being born again. Moral purity. Are the girls around your ministry safe? Can somebody leave his wife for you and travel for six months and come and find the person in that? Number two, financial integrity. There are pastors who don't even pay tight. They say they eat tight, but they don't give tight. There are many ministers. There's no separation between their personal money and church money. They have the church bank book in their pocket. Anywhere they reach, they are just... But they put one seriously. Separate your money from God's money. Bishop Dag warned us in one of the many conferences. Separate your money from God's money. All the great men of God. Dr. Copeland warned us. Separate your money from God's money. The church's money is not your money. Only take the portion that has been designated to you. A day will come that you will see that you can even live without anybody paying you. Oh, never, never, never. You get to a place where your tithe is bigger than your salary. So what is the problem? What is your problem? What is your problem? Financial integrity. Money have corrupted many ministers today. Number three. Sincerity of motive. Sincerity of motive. Everything you are doing, make sure the right motive is in place. Sincerity of motive. Why are you doing what you are doing? Number four, a life of humility. A life of humility. The reason why today, Two pastors cannot walk together for 20 years is because of pride. Do you know who I am? Do you know whatever? This, this, this. I am number one. I am apostle number one. I'm apostle number two. We don't know who is giving the numbers. <laughs> Students are appropriating grace for themselves when the headmaster is sitting somewhere watching them. Number five. Life of contentment. No comparison. A life of contentment. Covetousness is not in your heart. Many years ago, when I was having my wedding, some people who like me <laughs> contributed money. So, they pay for the hotel 
they pay for the food and they pay. I use only one best man. And my best man, I told him he should find his own suit. Because <laughs> I'm not interested in uh, whatever. So I got my suit. But by the grace of God, the material I used to sew my suit, it was a cream suit. Some was left. So I sewed the top for him and I told him, bring your black trouser from Kumasi and wear it. I'll give you the top. So, on the morning of the wedding, my shirt I'm supposed to use for the wedding has not arrived. I call my tailor, chase him all over a crowd, he didn't find him. So, I saw that my brother that came for the wedding has brought a shirt, the color. So, I took my brother's shirt he wore yesterday night, and I wore it for the wedding. So, we went. And I decided that if I don't get money to buy a new shoe, I won't borrow money. So I will use the same shoe I wore yesterday. And then I was there, Bishop. Some brought me a shoe. My size is 41, 42. His shoe size is 44. So I have to wear the size 44. Pack some socks inside. And it actually helped me to take military steps. So when I was the people thought it was a calculator step. My feet was heavy. I will not impress people to depress my destiny. And this is the, what is happening to so many people. This one is driving this car. I'm going to drive one. This one is driving this car. I'm going to drive one. This one is driving this car. Your heart will break before somebody breaks your heart. So immediately after the wedding, I removed the shoes and gave it to somebody who was size 44 before I got home. But I was very free. And I got even 6,000 extra money to hire some house. Then a friend of mine decided that he would beat me in his wedding. I don't know where he got that idea from. So he arranged four best men and six bridesmaids. And he sold for them, but for stand up, a suit like this, what this money, top and down, top and down, top and down, top and down. This was for all the four people. With pochette. So we went for the wedding. <laughs> I knew this guy didn't have money. I was even surprised at the pump and pagan tree that I saw. I said, hey, I know you. The next Sunday after the wedding, I was preaching. I heard somebody shouting at the back. So I sent the ushers to check what is the problem. Three people. The carpenter has come to collect his money. And the boutique man, who gave them the four suits and the four shoes, all on his account. And I knew he didn't have a dime. Pressure came upon him because he wanted to be like somebody else. He was impressive, but he became depressed. Watch out. Watch out. Life of contentment. Consequences of character deficiency. Number one, it becomes a hindrance to the work of God. Become a hindrance to the... There is nothing you see here that we are now about to pay. No, no, we don't do that here. Everything is paid for. 
lift, whatever, whatever, whatever. You don't have money, we will not do. It's not by force. Your character becomes a hindrance to the work of God. Number two, it allows enemies to blaspheme the name of the Lord. A man of God with inconsistent character open the door for enemies to blaspheme the name of the Lord. Number three, it leads to stagnation in life and no progress in ministry. Stagnation. You become stagnated. Number four, stumbling block to unbelievers. It becomes a stumbling block. Instead of your church increasing, it will rather be decreased. Because anybody you fraud will dimember himself. Number five, the danger of eternal damnation. And that's why we have to watch. The danger, many people will be told, go away from me. I didn't know you. The people knew you, but I didn't know you. What? A cost it will cost you. For everybody to know you in ministry and God who call you says, I don't know you. The danger, I don't want to miss heaven for anything. Never. Never. So check these things. If you want your ministry to flourish, hindrance to the work of God, allow enemies to blaspheme, stagnation in life, stumbling block to unbelievers, and the danger of eternal domination. Now, how do you maintain godly character? Number one, confront yourself with the truth, repent and depart from evil. Confront yourself. If you are proud, say, I'm proud. If you are a thief, tell yourself you are a thief. If you are a humanizer, tell yourself and change. Confront yourself with the truth and repent. Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Make a choice to live free from sin because sin is a sinker of destiny. Declare, I refuse to do wrong. We must embrace the demand of consecration. Because Jesus had a testimony of purity. Jesus could not sink because he knew no sin. Jesus could not sink because he knew no sin. We must keep the fire of sanctification to keep soaring higher. We need a testimony of purity and integrity in the house of God today. Sanctification is not a gift but a choice. I'm explaining only the first point. Paul was free from covetousness. He did not use spiritual gimmicks to cheat anyone. Many times when I'm preaching in the church on Sunday, I will tell them, anybody that says I've come to your house to collect anything, stand up. All the 2,000 people, nobody can stand up. Because I saw that testimony in someone's life. In someone's life. One day I went to visit a woman with my spiritual father and he told me, when I traveled, never go to this woman's house. Ah, the woman was very rich. That was the first place I drank water from a bottle like this. Today is very common. Those days, almost 20 years ago, to, if you see anybody drinking water from bottle water, the person is lajan loaded. 
So one day, when I was broke, something told me, you can go. And I remember what he told me. It later happened that the woman's husband was caught with cocaine. So the man knew what he was talking about. So ladies and gentlemen, let's confront ourselves with the truth and repent and depart from evil. Number two, wash yourself regularly by the word. Now, the problem we are having is that many pastors don't have quiet time. That a pastor wake up in the morning and took his Bible and opened it and began to read. see, that one can change your life more than the prayers you are praying. Stay with the Bible every day. And the day you miss it, when you remember, read those chapters that you needed to read. If you even read just one chapter a day, the word of God has a way to affect you so much. Because reading the Bible is like washing yourself. Ephesians 5.26 That thou might cleanse them by the washing of water by the word. So you take a spiritual bath every day. If you don't bath regularly, you will smell. So most of the time, some of these things is due to the fact that we don't take word bath. Psalm 119 verse 9 to 11. Psalm 119 verse 9 to 11. He said, where without shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed, therefore according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandment. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So we see the purifying power of God's word. Number three, pray for grace to live holy. Hebrews 4, 16, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. In most of the time when Bishop Eddie is preaching, he tell people to come to the altar because there is something here. Most of the time when you come here, when we are not having service, you see a lot of offerings on the altar. I saw a lady at 11.30 midnight and I said, why are you going? Did you come to the service? He said, no. I didn't come to the service, but I came to do something at the altar. I don't know your place, but here, all kinds of things happen. A gentleman was looking for a government contract, millions of whatever, and then when he went there, they say, your name has been removed from the list. He left that place and put his hand in his pocket. He had only 250 euros. It wasn't check time. So I saw him in front and said, oh, Bafo, why are you going? So I want to do something. So they opened their distance. He dropped the 250 euros here and knelt down to pray. As he lifted up and he went home, the government called him. They said that we have sacked all the people. We are giving the contract to you. He said, there is something here. That same power that gives miracles is the same power that cleanses the sinner from his sins. And so sometimes, even you as the man of God, you need to kneel down at the altar and talk to God. You look for grace. It takes grace to overcome disgrace. Where there is no grace, you can't avoid disgrace. The grace of God. Father, grant me grace. The ladies are disturbing me. Grant me grace. Money is my problem. Grant me grace. Don't be proud. Pray. There are pastors who never weep. Dangerous men of God. There are days you need to cry before the Lord. Cry for mercy. Where there is no grace, disgrace cannot be avoided. So you pray for grace. Holiness is not a gift. It's something you need to cultivate. And it is the character of God. 
So you pray for it. You cry for it. And you crave for it. Number four. Associate with the right people. I don't have any friend who drink alcohol. So alcohol can never be a temptation to me. I don't have any friend who is a pastor who chases girls. I've heard certain people are doing certain things, but they are not my close. They are other men of God, but they are not close to me. Because I'm going to shift away from you. The reason is because who you company with determines what accompanies you. So be careful. And you have only one life to live without a spare tire. So drive carefully. When you are driving without a spare tire, drive carefully. Proverbs 13, 20. He that walk with wise men shall be wise. Yesterday I told somebody that I've been working with Bishop Edi for many years, 20 something, whatever. And before you call anybody a brother, it has to take you time. It has to what? Take you time. Because when you call somebody a brother, it means you are going to share spiritual DNA together. It's not a game. It has to take you time. So, it is important. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. You know, this type of message, nobody shouts amen, so you just be cool. Be cool. I know messages that let me, 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 myself, I shout before I come. This one, let him shout. Be cool. First Corinthians 15.33 And we are in the end times. We can't play. No more games. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. There are pastors who are drinking today because their friends pastors told them drinking alcohol is nothing. There are pastors who are side chicks because their company is full of chicks. Watch out. You didn't get born again together. You became born again as a single individual. And the day you are dying. You know, the man of God, that sweet man of God, that bishop said he died yesterday. His wife was around. He didn't die with the wife. He didn't die with the wife. Probably we don't know. Maybe the woman will live later and marry somebody else. Medical doctor. He is the man of God who but he took the lead. Finally, engage the fire ministry of the Holy Ghost. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. He said, Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom he seeks shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom he delight. And behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide in the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like foolish soap. Sin is impurity. It takes fire to clear impurity. The Holy Ghost fire that removes impurity from our lives must be engaged. The refiner's fire that burns evil and polishes us must help our life and ministry as you speak in tongues. Your passion for holiness grows and your love for evil dies. Consecration stabilizes your character. You secure your eternal destiny by living right. Remember, the fear of God is the foundation stone of every 
destiny. And in conclusion, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. He didn't say be anointed. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. In concluding the matter, the fear of God becomes the last prerequisite. In concluding your ministry, the fear of God and keep his commandment. For this is the whole duty of man. 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing. Let us watch. Secret things. Secret things. Secret things. Whether it be good or whether it be evil. At the end of your ministry, you must make heaven. Ecclesiastes 7, 8. At the end of your ministry, you must make heaven. He said, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Lift your hands and say, Lord, grant me grace to run my race to a better conclusion. Pray that simple prayer. Pray that simple prayer. Pray that simple prayer. Pray that simple prayer. You cannot miss heaven. You are called to send people to heaven. You cannot miss it. We are in the last days. If any message is relevant, the holiness message, the consecration message, the godly character message for men of God. We are not here to judge you. We are here to judge ourselves. And in case you are falling short, pray to God, not to people. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, shalabakata rabababa. Oh, rabababa shakata rabakataba. Ile madu zebregede gadaya gadala gadaya. Oh, lababa shakata rabababa. Oh, likatuske palamada hayamanosuya. As a vessel of honor. As a vessel of honor. As a vessel of honor. Use me, Lord. Oh. Use, Use me, Lord. Use me as a vessel of holiness. Use, Use me, Lord. Lord. Use me, Lord. Lord. As a vessel. As a vessel. Use me, use me, Lord. As a vessel, as a vessel. Purify my mind. Purify my tongue. Use me, Lord. Let my body be right. As a vessel, not any other vessel but a vessel of honor. Lord, we need grace. Use me, Lord.
with your hand father any impurity in us we have come to the altar take it out take it out take it out anything that will reduce our speed anything that will destroy our ability to fly like the eagle take away every smelly food every stinking character anything that easily be set out as men of God and prepare us for the end time cause us to fear you every death that the devil has thrown our ministry addiction to wrong things yeah Lord deliver we pray for your grace wash us clean prepare us prepare us for this enter no minister will miss the rapture no minister will miss your second coming wash us clean we pray for grace we pray for grace we pray for grace and anyone who has been knocked down father help them stand up on their feet again anyone who has been knocked down every form of wrong addiction let the power be broken in the mighty name of jesus we pray for ourselves we pray for one another anyone at the world front that have been knocked out by the devil give them another chance give them a second chance take away every attack from the pit of hell every evil aimed against any one of us deliver us and cleanse us from unrighteousness oh make us men of god who are fit who are holy vessels who are vessels that can be used make us relevant all the days of our life in the mighty name of jesus we pray with thanksgiving and let everybody shout amen please take your seat let's wake up as a prince to sing one song and then we go for our second section thank you let's give it up to our father while we do his good will he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word what a glory he sheds on our way hey. while we do his good will he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey oh trust and obey for there's no happy in Jesus but trust and know when we walk say, when we walk with in the light of his word what a glory he shares on our way 
I'm preaching you some of the important points from this little book walking in the fear of God and um, every word coming from the altar has a specific word it came to do yesterday and I was so blessed we've been blessed during this conference and the man of God is here to share another thing that may be different because to make a good soup you need a lot of meat different different meat and so stand on your feet let's welcome bishop eddie to bring us whatever the lord has laid upon his heart to help us in the ministry hallelujah let us pray Father, we are honored to be in this beautiful assembly of God's servants, men and women who are laboring for you at different sides of the vineyard. We thank you for the opportunity, and we thank you for what we are hearing. Oh yes, you are guiding us by your word. You are leading us by your spirit. For Jesus, you said that you are the light of the world. If any man follows you, he will not walk in darkness. And we thank you for your word that has come as light to guide us in this life. In this life of ministry, in this very treacherous terrain of ministry. And yet we thank you that there is light. There is lamp and there is light. Lamp for our feet so we do not hurt ourselves and light for our path so we can see very far. We bless you. Again, open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of your law. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Please take your seat. What a word we have heard this morning. I think it's good to put your hands together for the Lord. 
ministers, we are also sheep. And so, there are diseases of sheep that are also diseases of the shepherds. And so, God calls us together so he can bring us aside to talk to us and strengthen us. And I think this morning, Reverend Dr. Kwejobuatim Bempa has done a very beautiful job to lead us along the path of peace, the path of righteousness, and longevity in ministry. Brethren, many have walked this road, and many too have fallen by the wayside. There are some who have been left behind and by the wayside. But we are praying God that we will take everyone we see and know around us along the line and along the way so that we all finish together. You know, when you are in school and you have friends and there's an exam and somebody fails and you pass and you were all working together, you are happy but you are also sad. And you are being promoted and he's being demoted and you are not happy because he is your friend. You don't want your friend to be left behind. And I think this is what Bishop Bempa has done for us. He is carrying us along so that the victories he experiences, you too can experience. And we are in a very beautiful auditorium. Not just the beauty of the auditorium, but the quality of the ministry is very powerful. And we salute God for such a great gift. God bless you. Your clapping is either you are jealous or, I mean, or the preaching has pricked you, injected you. That is very good. There are preachings you don't have to shout amen. And whoever said that preaching has to be greeted with amens all the time? It's not always. Sometimes the Bible says the Lord is in his temple. Let all the earth keep silent. And so that he can talk to us. Amen. Today, just for a few minutes, um, and you can see from what we were sharing that he cannot share everything and neither can I. But just to introduce you to some relevant and important messages that I believe are good for us as ministers. Because ministers are also sheep. And ministers must also, Paul said, take heed to yourselves and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save yourself and them that hear you. So it's not enough to just minister to others. Minister to yourself also and take heed to the doctrine that you are imparting so that you don't only save others, but you also save yourself at the end of the day. So I want to just share with you today on honor and the anointing. Honor and the anointing. And I believe that God will speak to our hearts and bless us. Let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And I'll be preaching from... Uh, there are two books that I believe are relevant to this topic. The Anointed and His Anointing. Written by my father. It's my book, but it's written by my father. 
Sometimes when something relevant has been written, I don't have to write anything again. I just have to continue because it's also my word. Those who honor you, it's my book written by my father. If you open it, okay, I haven't written my name in it, but it's mine. Yes. So let's read from Mark chapter 6. He says, and he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples follow him. When the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Verse 3. Is not this the carpenter? the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and of Judah, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Then the Bible says in verse 6 that he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages. And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two and give them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no scrip, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shot with the sandals and not put on two coats. And he said, into whichever house you enter, there abide till you depart from that place. And the story goes on. The Bible says they went, demons were obedient to them, they were casting out devils and so on. But in this little passage, we learn how Jesus, the greatest anointing that walked upon our world, the Bible says that of his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. The Bible says that God gave him not that uh, gift by measure. He had a measureless anointing and measureless grace. And yet when he arrived in his own hometown, The Bible says that there he could not do any mighty works save he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And then he gave us the reason why his measureless anointing could not work in his own hometown. And he said it was because he was not honored in his town. He was not honored among his own people. He was not honored among his own tribe. He was not honored among the people to whom he had been sent. And he said, a prophet, a man of God, is not without honor except. Which means that a prophet has honor or a man of God should have honor. But often in a place where people are familiar, where people are used to you, where people know you a little bit more, honor goes down. And I pray that in your life, as a minister of the gospel, 
honor will not be removed from your life. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 7. Romans 13 and verse number 7. The Bible has something to say to us. In Romans chapter 13 and verse number 7. He says, render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. So in our lives, honor must be in place. When you are a man of God, your ministry can go from one level of glory to another higher level of glory. And the key is rooted in the power of honor in your life. Are there people you honor in your life? Is honor one of the main cornerstones of your character? These days where we have so many, you know, social media has brought things that we never were used to. Many years ago, if somebody is quarreling in his house, you will not even hear. If somebody is fighting in his home, you will not even know about it. But now, whether it's on WhatsApp status, whether it's on TikTok, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter, people just descend on these media to express their venom. So over time, we get injected with the venom that people are spilling. And you see, when especially on YouTube, you will see the caption, the topic, or the title of the video is so catchy. Why I love Bishop Oedipo? Ten bishops leave Winners Chapel. And then you see that people like to hear and to know where, what is there? Is there a reason why these people left? Because we used to think that this is a clean, very good man of God. Nobody will ever leave. The thing is that people think that when people leave you, it means there must be something wrong with you. And what the devil and I'll say the devil, because it is he who is here to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What he's aiming at doing is to discredit any anointing that exists so that you and I can never connect to those great anointings that are in town. So Jesus warned us that a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and in his own house. So there are relationships that in our lives must receive honor. And let me just give you a number of them. Number one, honor God the Father and it will give life to your relationships. Honor God the Father. In 1 Samuel 2.30, he says he sent a prophet to the priest Eli. And when he went, he told him, he said, Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that thy house and the, the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Eli had allowed his sons to do whatever they liked in the temple. In fact, they were sleeping with the women who came for the sacrifice. They were taking portions of the sacrifice that was not meant for them. They were doing whatever they liked. And God saw it as, you are not honoring me. It's like you have allowed your sons to do whatever they like without honoring me. 
And I like to submit that sometimes as men of God, God seems to be something or someone we use. But not someone we adore in our hearts. It's very easy to be in a service and the worship is on, but it's like the people are worshiping God and we are coming to preach and use God's name to do power and do miracles. But God must be first in our lives. He must be our number one. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the God of all creation. He created us and not we ourselves. He is the one that we serve. So the God that we serve can, cannot be the God that is like you serve a God, but you don't really love the God that you are serving. So we serve him, but we don't love him. And it's easy to serve someone without loving him. We saw many times there are soldiers who stage coups. If you ever see a picture of Kwame Nkrumah in 1966, 65, where his generals had surrounded him and they seemed to be drinking and laughing. But just a few weeks after that, they staged a coup and sacked him from the government. But they were serving him. While they were laughing with him, they had Ajim Boni in their heads. Even when the 1979 coup happened, led by Flight Lieutenant J.J. Rollins, he was leading a guard of honor, and the then head of state, Akufu, was the head of state who had a visiting head of state or somebody, a dignity of some sort, and they were inspecting the guard of honor. And J.J. Rollins was holding the sword and leading the procession. This must have been somewhere in April or March, but by May, by me. So while they were playing pana, pana, na, 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 and he was moving in front of his senior and his head of state, he had in his head that in a few days' time, you hear the speeches of those days. The ranks have taken over the country. The ranks have taken over the country. So you can be serving God, but you don't really love God. And let us not replace serving God or to make it sound like the fact that we are famous, like our pastor was saying, and the fact that we are known around and we have a ministry does not remove the fact that we are still servants of God. And I like the way they often introduce um, Bishop Oedipo, say, God's servant, God's servant, God's servant Oedipo, God's servant David Oedipo, God's servant, God's servant, God's servant. God's servant must also be God lover. Honor God. He says, them that honor me, I will honor. And them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Will you lift your hand when they are worshiping? Will you find a great man of God kneeling down and lifting his hand? Sometimes when we have become great and famous, we don't do the little, little things that we were doing before God lifted us up. We don't kneel to pray. We don't lift our hands to worship. We don't cry in worship. It's like now, a man of God, a great man does not cry. But God can still move you to tears because he's still God above all else. Honor God. It will give life to your relationship. Number two, honor the Holy Spirit. Honor the Holy Spirit. 
Honoring the Holy Spirit will give life to our relationship with the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews 10.29, he says, Of how much sorrow punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. He has done despite unto the Spirit of grace. When Jesus was here, one time they said that he cast out Satan or devils with the spirit of the devil. And he said to them that, listen, you can make fun of people. You can make fun of kings. You can make fun of even me, the son, and even the father. You can even make fun of, but the Holy Spirit is very different from every one of us. And he says, any blasphemy against the Holy Spirit cannot be forgiven. Now, how do you even blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? You would say. Jesus was casting out devils. And the people said that the anointing and the grace that he's using is from the devil himself. Now, how will you tell when somebody is operating by the Spirit of God that he's operating by the Spirit of God? And how can you tell when somebody is casting out devils by demons and you say that this one is from the devil? Often the line is very thin. It's not easy to know what is happening and who is operating by the Spirit of God. It's very easy if we're in the time of Jesus. I am sure if you saw Jesus spitting on the ground, mixing it with the uh, sand, forming a clay, putting it on somebody's eyes, we say, ah, what type of direction is this one? What about then? He says somebody can speak. He spits on his tongue, on his, on his hand, and he puts it on his tongue, and the person starts to speak. It's very easy to say that this one, it must be from the devil. It must be from the devil. So it's easy when you see pastors who are operating, ministers who are operating, to even say, maybe he doesn't do it the way you know it to be done. Maybe he doesn't look so well organized the way you know a minister should be well organized. But I tell you, you better keep your mouth shut before you end up blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. My bishop told me, when you are not sure what is happening, just change the channel and watch soccer. When you are not sure what is happening, change the channel and watch animals. You can criticize a lion who is trying to eat a buffalo. You can criticize a hyena who has taken the meat that a leopard has got. But brother... When you see a man of God on whom God has anointed, but maybe you don't know, but you are now going to lift your mouth against him and say things, you better be careful. You better be careful. You better be careful. In the life of King David, I'll show you something. David was being chased by King Saul. And the Bible says that David had opportunity to kill Saul several times, but he didn't. Why? He said, I will not lift up my hand 
against the Lord's anointed. Seven times, David refused to attack someone who was anointed. He says in verse 15 of Psalm 105, he says, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. First Samuel 24, 6, he says, and he said unto his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. Now, this he's, he's speaking this about Saul, his, his, his king. Somebody who was demon-possessed. Somebody that he, David, used to play the harp, and evil spirits will live his life. And yet the Bible says that he called him my master, the Lord's anointed. He says, I can't stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So sometimes there are people, they may not speak English like you speak English. They may not wear nice suits like I'm wearing a nice suit. And yet they are still God's anointed people. And you need to understand that sometimes the Holy Spirit, he comes on people whom you may not even regard. And the fact that you may not regard does not mean that he is not anointed of the Lord. Let us be careful in our dealing with men of God. Men of God. Men of God. Men. He is a man, but of God. It makes a lot of difference. It makes a lot of difference. And I don't know about me. I came up and said I am called by God and that I'm, I'm a, a man of God. Since then, since I came here, I've never since I've been related with Reverend Dr. Bampada, he has ever asked me my certificate or my education, Bible school education. He has never thought of it that, ah, even what certificate do I have? Where did I train and where did I learn? But from the very first day we met, he has been relating with me and flowing with me and continuing to honor me as the years go by. Yes. Again, David said, 1 Samuel 24, 10, he said, Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how the Lord had delivered thee today into mine hand. He was telling King Saul. He said, in the cave. And some bade me kill thee. Some people bade me kill thee. But mine eyes spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord. For he is the Lord's anointed. He is the Lord's anointed. He is the Lord's anointed. You see, spiritual people are not quick to just push aside a man of God who has even fallen. One day a young man of God, a young man. He heard that another pastor has fallen into some kind of sin. And some of the members of the man of God's church had come to their church. So on a day when they were having a service, he asked all those who had come from that church to stand up. And he told them that he's going to do cleansing for them. He's going to cleanse them of the contamination they have brought from the man of God under whom they were serving. So they got up and I think he prayed a prayer and cleansed them. I wish the story had a happy ending. But unfortunately, this same person who was cleansing people 
himself fell into a sin and himself got, as I speak today, I don't think he's in the ministry. As I speak today, he's ridden with all kinds of sicknesses, diseases. I mean, he's had one church after the other breakdown. It's so bad. Because somebody fell. Even the scripture says that if somebody is overtaking and for those of you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness considering yourself, but he didn't consider himself. He was rather doing cleansing for those who had come from there. He didn't consider himself. With time, he himself was nowhere to find. David said, I will not kill you. Some people, Abishai said, if you won't kill him, let me do it for you. I will take my spear and strike him just once and that will be the end. And David said, who can lift his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Why are you on social media taking on every man of God that you think has made a mistake or that you think is out of order? I saw a man one day, he had written a book. He says that um, God has sent him to like, you know, bring order to the body. So he has written a book about every known faith preacher that you can think about. From Kenneth Hagin, Charles Capps, Jerry Savelle, um, Noel Hayes, um, Fred Price. All these great men of God of that era. And everybody's teaching. He will say something. Then he will write something about it. He will say, I said this book. I don't think I have time. I have other books to read. I have not finished. I'm not going to waste my time on that. You don't have any church. You don't have any ministry. You have just been set up to bring order to the body and make us reduce all the great men of God God has given to us into nothing. I don't think he's even alive. 1 Samuel 26, 11. Listen to David again. For that I should stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. You see, he kept referring to somebody who was looking for him to kill him as the Lord's anointed. There are some of us here, you have people who brought you up in the Lord. You have fathers that trained you, that appointed you. And when you grew up and felt that you could stand on your feet, you rebelled against them and set up your own God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish international ministries. And you are now founder and president. I want you to know that as long as you live, your father is your father. And anyone who has done you good is still somebody who did you good. And that good can never be wiped out of the slate. It can never be expunged from the books. The person must still occupy a place of honor in your life. When the Holy Spirit is on a person, you must honor that person because it honors the Holy Spirit. Time will fail me to continue to talk about all this, but point number three, honor Jesus. It will give life to your relationship. Honoring Jesus gives life to our relationship with Jesus. In Matthew 10, 40, he says, He that receiveth you, receiveth me. He that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. Honoring Jesus is important. Honoring Jesus is very important to himself. He is concerned about how he is treated in his church. It's easy to be in a church and Jesus is really not the Lord of the church. 
Why do I say that? Because it's easy to use even the blood of Jesus as a weapon against the devil, but not the blood of Jesus as the blood that washes us from all our sins. So what happens is that it's as if Jesus' death was not so relevant for the salvation of mankind. And Jesus is still the author and finisher of our faith. He is still the reason for the church. And Jesus must still be the Lord of his own church. He is the one who began it. And at the end of time, he is the one who will be there to judge us. So Jesus must be honored in his own church. Why? How? We must preach him. We must tell the world that Jesus loved them. We must tell the world that Jesus saves. Jesus did the hard part of being beaten, of being spat upon, of being crucified on the cross. Then he turned to the disciples and said, Now go ye into all the world and tell the world about me. This is what Paul said that this is the gospel that Christ Jesus came to die for sinners and that he was buried on the third day and that he rose again. Jesus is honored when we preach about Jesus. Jesus is honored when we talk about Jesus. Jesus is honored when his church, his name is not just used as an exclamation or just used as a weapon of war, but his name is used to advance the kingdom so that men everywhere can receive salvation. Next one, honor. What type of relationship should you honor? Because these are relationships you should honor. Honor your prophets and it will give life to your relationship with your prophet. The Bible says, Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. When prophets are honored, the anointing upon them comes alive. Jesus, a mighty prophet, could not do mighty work simply because he was not honored by the people. A prophet. Who is a prophet? A prophet is not just somebody who prophesies about the future or gives you a country or gives you direction. A prophet is anybody that God sends into your life to guide you in the ways of God. And sometimes a, your prophet is your pastor. A prophet doesn't have to be called a prophet for him to have prophetic relevance in your life. These days where there are people with titles of prophets, if a person is not called a prophet, it's as if he's not a prophet. But there are many valid prophets who are not called prophets. But by their relationship and the place they have in your life, they are both pastor to you, prophet to you, apostle to you, evangelist to you, and they must stand in a place of honor in your life. I'm so glad that I met Bishop Dyke Ward Mills in 1981. And he was brother Dag at the time. But by the grace of God, I shifted my esteem of him when he said God has called him to be a pastor. So I started calling him my pastor. He was my brother, fellow brother in the fellowship. But I started to call him my pastor. And then one day he came and said, the title of pastor is not so high. So it's called reverend and reverend doctor. I shifted my admiration, my honor 
from just an ordinary pastor to reverend. And then I moved on. One day he came. He came and stood in the pulpit and said, from today, I don't want you to call me reverend doctor. I am now Bishop Dagwood Mills. From that day, I said, this is Bishop Dagwood Mills. And it has stayed like that. He said he doesn't want to change any, go to Archbishop and other things. So as it has stayed, so have I also stayed. But he's not just a friend to me. He's not just a pastor to me. He's a prophet to me. Long before he was called a prophet, he was my prophet. And the Bible says that when you honor a prophet, how do you honor a prophet? I'm going to come to that in a few minutes. But when you honor the person in your life, it changes and gives life to that relationship. In Jesus' name. Can I have an amen? amen? How do you honor a prophet in your life? There are several things. They are all listed here. I cannot go through them, but let me just give you a number of them. How do you honor a prophet? Number one, you honor a prophet by paying attention to his words. To his words. To his words. You pay attention to his words. You honor a prophet by paying attention. Proverbs 4.20, he says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 24. When you honor somebody... You pay attention to their words by listening to them. The Bible says that the ordinary people, they enjoy listening to Jesus. When you honor someone, before we get to a place where your substance is called upon, you pay attention to their words. The messages they preach must be the messages you listen to. You cannot be in a church where your pastor preaches, but the messages you listen to are from somewhere else. And sometimes when a person is preaching, you'll be now analyzing that this type of preaching is powerful, but there are other schools of thought because your ears are attuned to other voices from somewhere. But when you honor a prophet, you pay attention to their words. The words of your anointed person must be dear to you. By the grace of God, on my phone and on my tablet, I have every available message that my bishop has preached. I listen to him virtually every day. That is honor. When a person is not there, his words are very relevant to you. When a person is not where you can see him, his words are important to you. I take notes when he's preaching. I, I read the books that he has written. I preach from the books that he has written. I listen to his messages on a regular basis and I am blessed by them still, even after more than 40 years. I am still listening to the same man of God. That is honor. That's why I say, my son, attend to my words. One of the surest ways you can see a son who doesn't honor the father is when he turns a deaf ear to what his father says. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1, he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first uh, commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long. 
pay attention to their words. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen? Honor your father by paying attention without answering back. Without answering back. Are you a pastor? Can there be somebody who talks to you in your life and you don't answer back? Can there be somebody that if you have a challenge with your wife and you go to that person and the person says, oh, as for this one, brother, you didn't do well. Or this one, yeah, I think you should do this. That you will not answer back and reject his words. Honor a person by paying attention to their words. Can I have a big amen? amen. Can I have another amen? amen? The next one, honor a person by giving your substance. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Honor a person by giving your substance. There must be a, a person in your life to whom you can give an offering and plant a seed and give your honor. The honor of your substance. It's like when this person is around, I give honor to him by giving my substance. Do you as a pastor have somebody in your life, a father in your life, somebody who trained you, somebody who uh, cared for you, somebody whose house you even stayed in? Sometimes I hear one man of God, he was saying of a man, he said, that boy, the wind is against him. And why he said that was that this boy, he pointed to a place in his sitting room. He used to sleep here. I gave him a place here. He used to put a mattress here and sleep here. And I trained him. I appointed him a pastor. I sent him abroad. Today, he says I am not a father in his life. So the, the branch that he sent him to pastor, he took over the branch, changed the name, and called it by a name that he himself had manufactured. That is dishonor. That is dishonor. And when he looked, he, he, somebody mentioned, do you, do you that guy, is he one of your, he said, that guy, the wind is against him. And as I speak today, he, he's no longer in the ministry. His wife has left him. His children don't want to even put their name, his name on their name. The wind, I think, has blown him out. Honor a father. It's not about the amount of money. Somebody said, oh, yeah, conference. It's like he will use you to preach. One guy was abroad. He was coming to Ghana. And he was arranging some, some sheds. He told the guy who was in the room with him that I better put something for this man of God. Otherwise, he will not be happy with me. Then you bring a shed. His size cry, you won't check. By the time you come, you have brought a shirt that when he wears it, the sleeve is very long. It's like a father thank you type of shirt you have brought him. But honor a person with your substance, it will give life to that relationship. Every year, I am one of the largest givers, I am sure, of offerings. And I lead my whole church to honor my prophet in my life. I teach for sometimes more than four weeks on how you must honor your, your father and what it is important in your life to do. And that if your father rebukes you, he is still your father. 
And if your father is not happy about something in your life, he's still your father. And when the time comes for honor, set aside your face and do the right thing because honor, what did God say? He says, honor the Lord with the, your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. What will happen? So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst with new wine. Sometimes we who are pastors, we don't give much. We don't give. And when we want somebody's anointing, you just oh, just lay your hands on me. And when you have to give an offering, you just put some small envelope, put some small something inside. It's like I've done something. But let me tell you, honor that attracts anointing is not just something you do just because it's an offering I've given. The woman, the Shunammite woman, the Bible says that Elisha used to pass through her house. And she told her husband, this is a very good man of God. Let us make him a chamber. They used to give him food and then he will continue his journey. But one day the woman said, let us make a chamber in the wall. And let us put a bed in the, in the room. And let us put a, a, a table there and a candle on it, a candlestick on it and a chair. So that anytime he passes by and it is late, he can pass by and then he can stay here. That is honor. They shifted their honor from giving a plate of food to building a room for the anointed person. There are anointed people in your life. You have to give them a house. There are relevant relationships you must exchange a car with. This year when it was my birthday, this great man of God demonstrated something that is not often common. I was in my house. Actually on my birthday there was a Thanksgiving service. The whole church was gathered and he brought food for 300 people. He told me that we are going to celebrate. In fact, before the birthday, he, he called me and said, this is your birthday that is coming because my birthday always, I, I am older than all of you because my birthday is 1st January. <laughs> so on the 1st January, he came to my house. He told me that, is that the birthday? It was 2022. Is that your 60th birthday? I said, no, it's not my 60th birthday. It is, it is my 59th. He said, oh, okay, okay. We have to prepare. We have to prepare for your 60th birthday. It's like, it's not just enough to come and give you an offering on your birthday, but this particular one is special, and I have to prepare for it. So I want to know one year in advance that it is coming on. And when it came on, he brought food for 300 people. This man who is preaching, he is doing what he preaches. And then he said, I'm coming with 75, bring the rest. When he came, we ate, we celebrated. Then he brought his own crusade equipment to my church. As though I don't have equipment in my church. But that is honor. He brought his own crusade equipment that can preach to 10,000 people and set it up in front of my church. And brought his own immigration band. Paid for them to come and dance, sing, celebrate me. And then, as if that was not enough. And that day, I think my worship and praise was so wild. We praised and danced for two solid hours after the main Thanksgiving service in the night. And then on the Tuesday after my birthday, which was on the Sunday, on the Tuesday, I was in my house around 11 p.m., 11.20 to be precise. I hear that Reverend Dr. Kujo Timbempa is looking for you. I said, ah, 
I spoke to him today. He said he's in church. He's preaching in church. And what is he doing in my house? How, how come he's here? So I go, I, I, I open the door for him and he comes. He said, oh, Bishop, I didn't think you should finish your birthday without something you can hold. I say, hey. Well, we have eaten, we have finished, we have celebrated, danced and everything. What again is there to hold? Then he said to me, please follow me. So I followed him. I got to my car park and there was a gleaming, glistening, shimmering, shining Mercedes waiting for me on the car park. That is honor. I said to him that, hey, what is this one? He said, oh, Bishop, there's something that when you are not happy, you just drive it around the area and then you come back. When you are not happy, yes, this one is just, yes. That's honor. Now, can you imagine the kind of blessing that has flowed in his life and continue to flow? And I'm not like the founder and president of my ministry. I am an assistant pastor under Bishop Dagwood Mills. But here is somebody who recognizes that there's something, a relationship I have. I want to honor it. And has spared no expense to honor this Jamestown boy. Yes. And that is why I declare that he will not know a better yesterday. Oh yes, he will not know a better yesterday. And that is why I declare to you that you, as you are sitting there, you must learn how, you see, learn our faith and learn what we practice and learn what we do. Because ministry is not just taking your Bible and just preaching. You need to practice the things that you preach. And honoring a father in your life, honoring even a brother in your life, I mean, honoring somebody you, you consider as an anointed person, is very crucial. Don't sit down discussing people whom God has, who God is. You see, the, the ministers of God, you see, we are almost like an endangered species. We are not so many. Those who are calling on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart, they are not so many. And the few who are left, let's honor them. Let's protect them. You will never pray for any man of God you hear about but you talk about him as though you know him very well when you hear something bad about him. Today, I want to salute this great servant of God. And I want to pray for you that God will continue to lift you higher and higher and higher. Oh yes, higher and higher and higher. Higher and higher and higher. Higher and higher and higher. And I pray that in your life, there are fathers, and he's told me, his own spiritual, he keeps referring to his spiritual father. You will see, it's not just photos that are in his cabinet. You don't see just photos. He's standing with great men of God. They have taken photos. He has just uh, uh, framed it and put on the wall. No, they are relationships he honors. He honors, he listens to them. He goes for, con look at how big this church is. Look at how beautiful this church is. And yet he's able to leave it. Sometimes for days. 
to sit at give thyself holy conference that Bishop Dag is organizing and be there throughout. Then there are pastors. You don't have a building. You don't have even a proper car. You don't even have your own house. You can't leave your 72 members and sit at a conference and receive life-changing gems for your life. Look at the message we heard this morning. Where would you hear such messages from? But God gives you such men to guide you in this path of treacherous ministry path. But the Lord will bless you as you honor the men of God in your life. Don't throw it away. Let me tell you, all the people who have helped us, sometimes there are moments where they may even do something that may hurt you or make you unhappy. Don't break that relationship. Because that relationship has life for you, not for today, not for tomorrow, but for many years to come ahead of you. Some of you have run away from your fathers. Some of you don't want to hear the name of the one who trained you and taught you how to even pray and preach. Some of us don't have any good relationship with any relevant person who is like ahead of us, but it's like you are forced sometimes to be in a meeting like this. But I want you to know that that is what gives life to our ministries. That's what gives life to our ministries. It's not just about going to London. It's not going to US. It's not going here. The life is in the relationship you have with anointed men of God. If you honor them, take their words seriously. You don't listen to anybody's message. You just take your Bible. God is God, but he also uses men to bless men. Why don't you listen? Every day there must be somebody's voice in your ears. There must be a man of God whose message you are listening, making notes, removing some of your old points and all your junk and replacing them with relevant messages that will, will improve your ministry. We are here today not by chance, but God is telling us honor spiritual relationships in your life and it will give life to your own ministry and give direction for your life and your life will never be the same again. Time is too short, so I don't even know where to navigate, but honestly, this is one of the foundations on which we are standing to honor any man who says that God is going. When I saw the original, I don't know, I've never heard his name from anywhere I, I, I don't know who he is. I've never heard his name. I don't know. I, I, I've heard Adebayo, but he was a footballer in Togo. Is that not so? He was a footballer. That's the only Adebayo I know. He used to play for Arsenal, who never won caps. But when I saw him, I said, this is a holy man of God. I sat by him, engaged with him, talked with him. I mean, it's like, yes, it's great. That's why God brings you to conferences like this. So that you can see that there are relationships you must cherish, you must honor for the rest of your life. Is there a father in your life whose number you have deleted is there a father who laid hands on you and introduced you on a stage and made people listen to you? Where is he today? Reverend Steve Mensah, I, I, the other day he told me that they used to be in Agbozo's church. Agbozo used to be their father. 
in the Lord. He trained the twins. He brought them up. They learned how to play instruments. They were in his church. Years have gone. gone and years have come and gone. Agbozo used to be at Orion. Every, his services were like from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Holy Spirit will be moving. And today, his ministry, for some reason, he grew old and the ministry even just fizzled out. One day, Reverend Steve said, we went to see this man of God, brought him to our church, made him preach in the church, and then showed him to the congregation. Oh yes, this is the man who brought us up in the Lord. This is the man who brought us up in the Lord. This is the man. That's honor. And God has put it as an eternal law. Those who honor me, I will honor them. I will honor them. What is in that honor? You can't even begin to enumerate them. What is in that honor? It has your car in it. It has your houses in it. It has your travels in it. It has your health, health. Even your health is in that honor. And God will honor you. And God will bless your life. Ladies and gentlemen, let us embrace the word of God. And let's live it as pastors. Because sometimes when you are a pastor, it's as if you are above the word. When a pastor was quarreling with the wife and I went, I said, look. The wife said, he was preaching about forgiveness made easy. So I said, oh, now that you are preaching about forgiveness, let us resolve our situation. The pastor said, hey. hey, It's like. I'm preaching in the church. It's not for you. So the wife was telling me that I should now talk to them. Like now that I have come, I should try and help them to resolve their differences. And the man was saying that I'm preaching about, but it's not, it's for the church. It's not for you. It's like you are not, you are not the object of my message. Don't bring yourself that I'm preaching about. So you want us to talk about forgiveness today. You are past, you are a pastor, but you are still a sheep of the Lord. May the Lord soften your heart to embrace his word. Lift your hand and pray. Lift your hand. Lift your hand and pray. Maluria mahakatalaba. Pelu mahata kasali barato sabiaka. Inna milara. Zezo zimia pateli igun simia hadale. Zapato uria mashindele megorade safida. Oh Jesus, Madia Kasende Idalilia Mohokoto Simiabada. Oh Yamasondele Maranda La Maronda. Somebody, you and your spiritual father, you have issues. Let God soften your heart. The problem cannot come from your spiritual father. The problem comes from you, the son. The problem comes from you, the son. Lift your voice and pray, my God, is there a relationship I have destroyed? Is there a friendship I have destroyed? Is there a father-son relationship I have set aside? Today, I am recovering myself. Today, I am restoring myself. Today, I am putting myself back in the same place. I was a son. I am still a son. I was a, I was a trainee. I am still a trainee. I was, I was a disciple. I am still a disciple. Oh, my father, show me mercy. Show me kindness. Zimio hafandi samaga dali neti aloha. Baike supata fineli mikarada sadiala. I want you to come to the altar. If you are here today, you want to say, Pastor, I, I, I know that there are relationships that I should have maintained, but I set them aside sometime, but I want to have them restored. And I pray that every spiritual virtue that was in it, that virtue will be returned to me. If you are here like that, come to us in the front here. 
just pray to God yourself just kneel before the Lord restore your relationship with your spiritual father life will come into your ministry life will come into your life in the name of Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord listen to this when David heard that Saul had died he didn't rejoice that his arch enemy had been killed. The Bible says that he lifted a lamenta lamentation and said, the beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places. Even in spite of all the animosity that was coming from Saul, he said, the beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places. Then he said, how are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Today you are on social media casting insinuations about your father. Saying your father is like this. Even I saw a pastor the other day. He was burning the books of his father. Books he has read. Books he has preached from. Books that he has preached from and received offerings from. Why does he not return the offerings back to the people that gave it to him? Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice and the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Then he cursed the mountains on which they died. Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no rain upon you, no dew, nor fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty was vilely cast away and the shield of Saul as though he was not anointed. But he felt that he was still anointed. Father, heal our hearts heal our relationships and for the rest of our days may we love the fathers in our lives oh yes the prophets of our lives the pastors of our lives people who wiped our tears people who forgave our mistakes and helped us to be where we are today I pray for everyone in this room that honor will be part of our character. That honor will be part of our lives. And that we will practice it and teach our children. Like David taught his followers. That we don't touch anointed people. We don't say bad things about anointed men. We can't, we can't laugh at them. We can't ridicule them. We can't mock at them. We can't scorn. We can't scandalize them. We can't, we can't, we can't disturb their lives. He taught his followers. They learnt it. May the Lord help us who are pastors to honor our fathers so our children will not suffer a shipwreck because they don't know how to honor. We thank you mighty God in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Please take your seat. I don't know who you are, but if you are here today, I want you to take out a very powerful offering. You know, plant a special seed. And if you came for this conference, you know, I, I pray that God can touch your heart to plant a special seed in the life of the servant of God who has brought us all together like this. Yes, because God brought us together so that our friendships and our relationships can be for the greater good of the kingdom. Yes. So if you are here, don't be, don't be, you see, people will, you like people to give to you, but you must also learn to give to 
to, to, to anointed people that God gives your life. Are you listening to me? When I listened to Papa Edipo, he said God gave him several fathers and you will see him that he, you will never see him or hear of him saying something about anybody like that. That God gave me spiritual fathers. When uh, uh, Archbishop Benson and the host was alive, he said he was my father. He and I had an unbroken relationship. An unbroken relationship. An unbroken till he died. So when he died, he took several flights of his own private jet up and down for the arrangement concerning the funeral. Even in his death, he was honoring him and he honored him. He said, everybody knew that he and I had an unbroken relationship. Kenneth Hagin was alive. He said he and Kenneth Hagin, the relationship was solid. When he was about to die, God told him that an anointing is leaving the earth. Let's go to, uh, to Tulsa. And they flew to Tulsa with his wife to go and visit him for the last time. He said, this one, the part of you is leaving. God even showed him when he was going. Why are you here? You haven't reached anywhere. People who are anointed people that God has used for years. Today you would say that Ikabo, the glory has departed from them and that it is now on you. You also grow up. The little duck told the mother that why is your mouth long like that? And the mother told her that you will grow and come and meet it. So we are also having sons and daughters and we must learn to honor so that those behind us will learn how to honor those ahead of us. God bless you for the way you have showed us and the way he never goes anywhere without... I was with him in Nigeria. He, he bought a ticket for me, me myself. What free ticket. Organized where I will stay and everything as part of my birthday package. He said, let's go to Papa... In, in, in Canaland and we, he took me there and I went I was there when we got there I saw he had taken some big brown envelope and dropped it at the feet of the prophet and I said I'm not a fool I also have an honor that I must give to the prophet but you, you come for a conference like this I came to receive I brought myself you brought yourself, but you must also come to give. Give as a pastor. Sometimes even you must lead your church to give. But this is the man that God has given to me. This is the prophet God has given to my life. Let us honor him in our church. He is not a member of uh, Lighthouse Chapel International, the, the family in, in that sense. But he's always going. He said, I must go and drop my offering. The other day he was there. It was many hours. I don't know what happened that the people didn't really make uh, the prophet know his presence. He was there waiting. Before he realized, they had closed all their doors and the, they were, the prophet was disappearing. But God gave him a tactical move. He passed somewhere before he realized he had found some back gate where prophet was passing. He met him there and said, oh, I just came to drop my seed. But the people, I don't know what happens. Like they almost made him miss the child, but I will never miss that chance because I have I've come here with my seed. I will not go away with it. Every time you come, you come to receive. You come to receive. You come to receive. Even when you have given a thousand, it's like they have drawn your blood. He showed my own people that they don't honor me well enough. 
he showed them that if you don't know how to honor an anointing like this one I will show you how it is done and single handedly came to my house with a beautiful car white white one day I wear white white and sit inside and come and visit you and show you how beautiful and how nice this whole thing is looking God bless you oh may the Lord take you higher and higher and, and make you advance with speed any sin you have committed in this life yeah. Uh, mama, come, cry. Let me talk to you properly. Yes. That's honor. If a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. What your only enemy? We a lover. But congregation software but I'm saying it. So why Why? Men count okay, the oyer no five years ago no fanin in our channel. Seventeen years ago. Uh but on ya cry. but Obey your onya your cra, oh dear, man, man, in your problem. Obey your, obey your, obey your onya your cra, obey your wahum. I'm talking, oh, and one wire dance, I Clap for Jesus. Please, please. This is just uh, for comical relief, but it is also powerful. May the Lord bless you, my brother. Live long, prosper, be in hell. So, pastors, take an offering and come and place it at the altar. The Lord bless you. Take your offering. This is not your prophet's honor. But I believe that there is honor that in the, in the secret of your visitations. Even you can't come here with that. It may not be with you right here. But you have to go to the ATM or go to your bank and come back with your 20,000, with your 50,000 and say, Sofo, because of you, I have learned how to balance my life. Because without you, I will probably have made a shipwreck of my faith. Even the message that has been preached this morning has delivered me from a problem because there be another corner. Some girl B was about to finish me. But by your teaching and prophetic word that the girls will not finish you. The girls will not finish you. Do you remember that word? The girls will not finish you. Say to your neighbor, the girls will not finish you. By that word, my life has been saved. Come to the altar and place a seed God bless you God bless you God bless. you can mumble also you can God bless you pastors must also be givers God bless you. May God also send people your way. Honoring you. God 
bless you. Oh, you're so cool. When you uh, no cry, We are looking forward for the day. Ghana pastors will honor their fellow pastors. Hey! Ghana will be different. You see, these things we hear of them in Nigeria. Yeah. But the Nigerian pastor, they know how to honor. When it is somebody's birthday, it's like they really go and do things. They give cars, they give houses, they bring keys to houses that have been built to honor someone. Ghana, when they are giving, it's like it's too much. Obenye Skadodo, he was going to be too rich. Oh no. They just lower the amount. It's too much. Oh, ah, nipa There be no. But the time has come as we learn these things, and so will the blessing also flow amongst us. God bless you and thank you very much. Wow! Clap your hands for the Lord. What a message! This is our offering. So if you are still holding offering, just bring it. So. Um, the seed is a clap your hands for Bishop Bishop Eddie. God's word it comes to it comes to guide us and to protect us. Many 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 years ago, he told me many things that actually, because you see what knowledge does is that when you are about to make a mistake and then you remember. Uh-huh. So the word of God is very powerful, uh-huh. and so we want to thank God for the message. And you see, as you are hearing it. It will also save your own members and your own spiritual children. And so we want to thank God for today. It's been very powerful. Lift your hands and thank Jesus. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for the opportunity. Thank him. Thank him. Father, we honor you. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, men of God, let's, let's, let's follow the Bible and do what is right. And um, finally, what I want to say is that let's go and win souls. We are in the last days. Last time I went to Bishop Eddie's place and he was, he was going to organize Salvation Sunday at the age of 60 something, still winning souls. Let's organize soul winning programs. Those of you who don't have anything like Salvation Sundays, every Sunday is the same. No. Organize special programs focus on souls 
Jesus is coming soon. Very soon our cars will not mean anything anymore. Nothing will mean anything. The only thing that will mean something is the souls that will win. And so don't sit down. Turn your Saturdays into soul winning Saturdays. You see Saturdays some pastors are watching football. Instead of going out to win souls. There are schools around you. Go there. There are ghettos around you. Go there. I just started a new ministry called Ghetto Ministry. First day, 85 Ghettoians. People are there. They want to be saved. So every Sunday, I will use car to go and carry other people. And that is what I'm trying to do. So this December, I'm organizing Ghetto Party for 2,000 Ghettoians. You see? Don't just sit down. Reach out reach out reach out that's my last message let's reach out so let's pray for the nation and get ready for the rapture tell your friend get ready for the rapture yeah we are just about to go so please let's get ready and do the ministry till death do the ministry preaching teaching traveling for the sake of the gospel i believe that god is going to do something great in our life god bless you for coming Father, we want to thank you. We bless you for this few times that we have come to fellowship. Bless everyone. Encourage us and bless us and make our ministries better. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Shake three people and say, I honor the anointing on your life. Honor the anointing on your life. I honor the anointing on your life. I honor the anointing on your life. I honor the anointing on your life. God bless you. God bless you. I honor the anointing on your life. I honor the anointing on your life. Who can honor somebody's anointing? Yes. Pastor Sifas is standing there. Why would you not honor that anointing? That is. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe your needs were met and every word kept you in closer fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Want more? Find us on Facebook by searching Holy Hill Chapel AG or Reverend Kojo Boatendempa. Or you can join our Supernatural Generation family. You can also subscribe on YouTube by searching Kojo Boatendempa for our video messages to further boost your faith. We look forward to hearing your testimony through any of our social media handles on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.